Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Fortune. It's me, your host, Jamie Wright. This is going to be a forecast for the week of July 10th through the 16th of 2023. Um, Just a reminder, if you're enjoying the pod, please like, please rate, please review, whatever you do on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Uh, I basically repeat this as a mantra at this point, but... I love hearing from you, and if you'd like to support the production of the pod, you can do so by becoming a paid subscriber to my Substack. Um, a link to do so is in the show description if you're listening to this on, the, on another platform. Um, and before we get into the coming week, I wanted to talk a little bit about last week. Um, so as I've mentioned, July is definitely a big turning point month. Um, it's when a lot of, of change is happening. A lot of action is happening. There's some crunchier times ahead, but the first two weeks of July are definitely much more chill in comparison to the second half of July. Um, Venus is slowing down to station retrograde um, but besides that, the first couple weeks of July have some, some very sweet moments. Um, but we talked about last week, um, I believe it's either, I think Wednesday or Thursday, a Wednesday, cause that was the day. Yeah. Wednesday, the moon was in Aquarius and it was applying to Uranus in Taurus. And I, <laughs> think we I mentioned something about like yeah something maybe unexpected might happen on Wednesday evening um and another thing that was going on towards the end of last week or was an influence towards the end of last week was that Mercury was sextiling Uranus so again there's like this energy of Uranian surprise Uranian innovation Uranian change for better or for worse and the thing that happened sort of overnight between Wednesday into Thursday was Meta launched Threads, their new app meant to sort of, I honestly meant to replace Twitter um, as Twitter continues to collapse under Elon Musk. Um, and the app was supposed to release on Thursday morning, but it ended up releasing uh, Wednesday afternoon and most, not, not most people, but there the, a lot of people who were adopting it or picking it up were, were making accounts on Wednesday night and into Thursday. Um, I obviously do not like to, you know, give Mark Zuckerberg any more of my time and attention that he's already been making money off of since, I don't know, 2006. <laughs> um, but I do really like the app um, personally um, without getting into all of like, you know, the privacy issues, the data issues, the tech issues, the the like sort of choosing <laughs> which billionaire is like the least abhorrent one to support right now, like beyond the sort of politics of it. Um, I think it's a cute well-designed app and I'm enjoying the sort of sense of freedom that I'm feeling posting on it and I'm seeing other people feeling posting on it where it's very fresh, very new. It's very 
the moon squaring Uranus in the sort of inception chart of this um, of this app. There's just this feeling of kind of like, yeah, what is this? I could try out anything and do anything. Um, I'm sure, you know, in another couple weeks, it'll be full of ads and full of bots and just like every other social media. But for right now, I'm enjoying it. And I do think it was an it was definitely a collective and interesting um, manifestation of that very Uranian astrology that was going on midweek last week. Um, and yeah, and another reminder that <laughs> astrology makes more sense when we stop being so self-centered about it and we see more how the planetary influences are bouncing off the world around us. Um, so keeping that in mind, coming into this coming week, um, this week, you know, this is the week of the waning moon. So we start off the week with the moon. All, the moon is in Aries and the moon is in her last quarter phase. She gets to her last quarter phase at 9 p.m. on Sunday night, the 9th. So we start Monday, the 10th with the moon in her last quarter phase. Um, and the moon is in Aries. The moon is in the last quarter phase. And the last quarter phase is the part of the lunar cycle that I call like the postmortem. It's like we had the show, we went to the lobby after the show, and now we're kind of ready to split off and get people's actual feedback and maybe have more sort of behind closed doors meetings. You know, it's not about the presentation anymore. It's about the integration and it's about hearing the feedback and thinking about what happened and get gaining some perspective. Um, but the last quarter moon is also, there's still a lot of light especially in the beginning part of the last quarter moon. Um, the thing about the last quarter moon is that, yeah, the, the moon is still about half lit, especially in the early phase, but it doesn't rise until around midnight. So I really think of it as like bright, but doing the overnight shift. And people who are born during the last quarter phase are usually people who are always like their mind is very ahead of their physical body where they they're 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 usually present somewhere but in their mind they're like I'd rather be somewhere else or I know this isn't really what I want but I'm going to keep showing up until I find the right way to transition into the next thing um there are people who have an an ability to show up while they're shape shifting um and so in this last quarter phase, you know, we're no, as I said, we're no longer in showtime. We're in this more integration phase. Things are getting quieter. Um, and the moon is in Aries, but 7.40 a.m., Mars, the ruler of Aries, goes from Leo, a fellow fire sign, into Virgo. Um, and this is one of the, the things that's going to set the tone for the rest of the month, Mars and Virgo. Um, Mars technically does not have any essential dignity in Virgo. You know, it's not its home sign. It's not a sign of exaltation. Um, but Mars and Virgo, I find people with that placement are very good at getting things done. <laughs> it's the project managers of the world. It's the organization gurus of the world. Um, there's a real attention to detail and also influence with Mars and Virgo. Um, some celebrities who have that placement, <laughs> who I find really on point, 
um, are one is Sarah Jessica Parker, who Sarah Jessica Parker is an Aries sun sign, and she's a pretty quintessential Aries sun. Like she has that fiery joie de vivre of an Aries. Like I feel like every time someone <laughs> asks me to describe an Aries, I like just want to send them like a gif of the scene in sex in the city when she's like on the balcony in Paris and she's just like smiling and so, and just like, in just like feeling the breeze and enjoying life. Like that is sort of just like the purest Aries energy. Um, but Sarah Jessica Parker is so Aries, but her Aries son is ruled by this Mars and Virgo. Um, and you know, so there's this real like attention to detail and, there's something about Sarah Jessica Parker that's very sort of like calculated and detail oriented. And like, if you ever read interviews with her, or I recently watched the like behind the scenes documentary of the making of, and just like that, the Sex and the City reboot, which is my number one guilty pleasure that's truly getting me through life right now. <laughs> um, but in this documentary, there's just um, a lot of clips of her like meeting with the costume designer and she's so like, she wants to approve and be a part of every small detail about the character. And there's a part in this documentary where she's talking about how she's, she feels like she's like a co-parent to the character of Carrie Bradshaw and almost like she's this guardian or like this custodian, this caretaker of the character. And I think that sort of attention and ability to like, go with the flow and meet people where they're at, but also want to, you know, not control things, but give direction and give a sense of groundedness through maybe chaos um, and give a sense of groundedness through like a process of finding oneself or finding a character is so Virgoan and it's so Mars and Virgo. Like I always want a Mars and Virgo person <laughs> on my team um, cause I just think they're so organized and they know how to get stuff done. Um, another example of Mars and Virgo, uh, artist, public figure is Lord, who is, she also, Lord has the sun in Scorpio. So another Mars ruled sign ruled by this Mars and Virgo and Lord, I mean, you know, she's also a Capricorn rising with Neptune on the ascendant. And there's something so ethereal and dreamy about Lord, and also something so brooding and scorpionic <laughs> about Lord. But there's also like, if you really look at, you know, look at the lyrics sheet, <laughs> look at her process, it's so Virgoan. And Lord also has this newsletter that if you're even the smallest amount of fan of hers, I'd recommend getting on because it's just so light and entertaining, but she has this newsletter she sends out that reminds me of like people's blog spot blogs from like 2009, 2010, where she's just like sharing photos and talking about her routines and the snacks she made. She's like sharing this plate where she's like wrapping anchovies around cheddar cheese and on this like very perfectly plated, um, little meal and it's so sweet and it's so Virgo. It's so just like, look at all these little details that I'm curating and caretaking. Um, and I love it. Um, uh, yeah, another, another, um, 
of my favorite Mars and Virgo people is Hillary Duff, who's like another very um just like detail oriented and like stuff oriented public figure and like I say Virgos are like stuff oriented and things oriented not to say that they're materialistic it's just that they're mercurial and they like having options um and so when I see like a Mars and Virgo person there's always like a lot of objects around them and things that they're moving with and taking with them and making a part of their life like they're they're able to integrate and juggle a lot of different things and a lot of different items um and I feel like it's like something about all of these examples the Sarah Jessica Parker the Lords the Hillary Duffs like you might be listening to this and be like sounds really like this kind of like basic influencer vibe but I don't know if it's like basic influencer but it's actually like influencer in the purest sense of the word of it's like I'm a I have good taste and I like stuff and I actually use it and I'm going to share it with you. And that's what Mars and Virgo <laughs> means to me. Um, but as Mars enters Virgo on Monday, I think we're going to feel some of this like attention to detail, this want to organize, this want to kind of like juggle a lot of things with prowess. But Mars in Virgo is also going to start moving towards an opposition with Saturn and Pisces, which is a very tense aspect. And that's not going to go exact until next week, but we're going to start feeling it pretty much as soon as Mars enters Virgo. And if you're a person who has um, placements in the early part of mutable signs, so in the early part of Gemini or Virgo or Sagittarius or Pisces, from around zero degrees to about eight degrees, you're really gonna be feeling this like in a more personal way, this sort of tension that's building. Um, and there, this tension also comes with, I think the opportunity to pivot, like mutable signs are really good at going with the flow and pivoting and moving in a different direction. So the past few years when Saturn was in Aquarius and we were having these Mars-Saturn hard aspects in fixed signs, the feeling was much more like I'm coming to a complete halt, whereas this is less of a halt and more of a turbulent tension, a turbulent almost roadblock. It's like, okay, I've reached this roadblock, but I'm, I actually am going to scramble around it and figure out something new. So... Keep that in mind that like there's a lot of problem solving that's especially going to come into play next week. Um, but you have the tools, you have like the agility, <laughs> you have, you know, the there are options, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, so we have Mars going into Virgo right first thing in the morning, 7.40 a.m., 12.34 p.m. The moon is still in Aries. The moon is trining Venus. Very nice, sweet aspect. Um... I really think the morning of Monday the 10th is going to feel very productive. Um, but the afternoon is where things get edgy. So 4.47 p.m. we have Mercury opposite Pluto. And this is really going to be in play for the whole day, the next, for the few days and the beginning of the week. And as I've talked about before, like Pluto is obsessive. Pluto is intense. Pluto is power. Mercury opposite Pluto is just this like deep investigation 
energy. It's like, I want to go deep. I want to find out all the information. <laughs> um, and this happening is the same day as Mars goes into Virgo, a mercurial sign. There's going to be an urge to dig, an urge to find information that I think, especially in the afternoon, um, into the evening, when we have the exact Mercury-Pluto opposition, and then 6.49 p.m., we have the moon um, in Aries squaring Pluto, and at 7.11 p.m., the moon is squaring Mercury. So the moon and Mercury and Pluto are all kind of forming <laughs> this investigation squad, digging for information. Um, it's going to be a little edgy or maybe a little intense, and I'm going to say what I say all the time when there are these kind of intense Pluto transits is like, notice what you're obsessing over and take a step back from it and observe it rather than like digging yourself really deep into the hole. Sometimes we can't help but dig ourselves into the hole, but try to try to observe rather than make it a full body experience. Um, things take a turn for... A little easier later that evening, 7.55 p.m. Eastern, the moon goes into Taurus um, and immediately starts forming a trine with Mars that goes exact at 8.30. And then at 9.22, the moon is conjunct the North Node. So there's definitely um, sort of more of an exciting feeling, um, more of a grounded feeling, and hopefully a chance to like... I mean, I'm saying grounded, even though the moon is conjunct the North Node, which is not grounded, but it's grounded in this Taurian, earthy way of like, Taurus is like, yes, Taurus can tie itself up into a pretzel, but there's more of a feeling of like wanting to put pleasure first and comfort first. And maybe there might there's a bit of an exciting energy that evening but there's also a chance that some of that exciting energy is like almost like overindulging because of how worked up you might have gotten earlier in the day so just be mindful again it's like take a step back and observe and try and you know there's definitely ex extremes are possible on this monday so just be gentle and notice when those are happening um, we then move into Tuesday, the 11th, um, and at 12, 11 a.m. immediately, so the, the we have Mercury entering Leo, um, and this is definitely a vibe change for Mercury. We've had Mercury in Cancer for the past couple weeks, which as I've talked about is a little bit more of a quiet energy, a sensitive energy, nostalgic, introspective Mercury in Leo is much more like uh, forward and assertive and maybe even aggressive. It's a fire sign with communication, with words. Um, some really interesting public figure <laughs> examples for Mercury in Leo. I think the clearest one is Barack Obama has Mercury in Leo. Um, and like, you know, Mercury and Leo is like, you know, I speak, I communicate with pride. I make, it's almost like I am, my communication is the sun. It's making you feel warm. It's making you feel like you're glowing. Um, and that, you know, that is Obama, right? That's how he won people over when he was running for president. He was able to speak in this way that was very sure of himself. And Obama also is an Aquarius rising. He has a Gemini moon. 
So he has this air sign intellect. It's like he knows a lot of stuff. He's smart, but what really, how he really wins people over, it's not necessarily what he's saying. It's how he's saying it. And he's saying it with this very Leo confidence. And I think that's even carried over in his post-presidential life where his big contribution to society is those lists. I mean, sorry, not his contribution to society, his contribution to culture, the conversation is those lists of his favorite books or his favorite movies. And those are just so Leo. They're like, Mercury is a list and Leo is the best. So it's like, this is the best list. And that is Obama's Mercury and Leo shining. Um, Interestingly, both (laughs) George W. Bush and Bill Clinton also have Mercury and Leo. I mean, Bill Clinton has that very similar kind of orator quality to him as Obama does. George Bush is obviously a little confusing, but the difference between George Bush and Obama and Bill Clinton is that Obama and Bill Clinton are also Leo sons, whereas George W. Bush is a cancer son. And so that wherever whenever Mercury and Leo, Mercury and Leo is always is ruled by the sun. So wherever the sun is, that's also influencing that Mer- that Mercury. Um, and Mercury and Leo with the Cancer Sun has this little more, a little bit more of like a poetic, creative, dreamy vibe to it. Um, and examples of like, of Mercury and Leo with Cancer Sun is that we have um, both Hemingway and um, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, who wrote uh, Le Petit Prince, or The Little Prince. Um, And it's interesting, it's like both of those writers are known for almost like, I mean, Saint-Exupéry literally is known for this children's book he wrote that's written in very simple language. And Hemingway is known for having this real economy with his language. And I think Mercury and Leo, because Mercury is just about, you know, stating one's beliefs and what one has on their mind with confidence. It's, it's almost better when it's kept very simple. And you can even take that back to the idea of Obama and the idea of Bill Clinton. It's like people relate, relate to them because their message, you know, there were a lot of ideas and their messages, but they were able to communicate them in this really more accessible way. And this way that makes you feel like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of that too. I want to shine. I want to be the sun. Um, so yeah, Mercury going into Leo is going to be this interesting sort of way that I think we're all going to be able to say what we want with more confidence. And I will say like, Maybe saying less is actually saying more (laughs) under this influence. Um, Continuing on Tuesday, um, I really think this is the best day of the week. Um, So Mercury enters Leo overnight, and then 8, 11 a.m., we have the moon sextiling Saturn, and 4.04 p.m., we have the moon conjunct Jupiter. So we have the moon spending most of the day applying to conjoin Jupiter. And it's the moon and Jupiter and Taurus, which I just think is the most sort of comforting, pleasurable, like beautiful, like just a really great aspect. And it's, it's just, it's very joyful (laughs) to me, joyful and comforting. 
Um, and with the moon sort of moving between Saturn and Jupiter all day, I think there's a real opportunity to put one's vision out there to like bring things together. Um, yeah, there's like a way to you're stating intentions, but also making things soft and comforting and light. Um, also on Tuesday at 10 a.m., we have the Mercury squaring the nodes, um, which whenever a planet is interacting with the nodes like that, there's a sense of fate being brought up. So with this, there's like faded information coming up on Tuesday. Um, and it's maybe coming up in this very Mercury and Leo way, <laughs> um, which is very direct. Um, so I would, I would pay attention for signs, for information, especially like text-based, like text-based, like you might look up and just see a random sign on the street that just says like hope <laughs> or change <laughs> to use Obama, for example, that might really inspire you on Tuesday. Um, then going into Wednesday, the 12th, the moon is still in Taurus, um, and at 8.06 a.m., we have the Sun Square Chiron. Um, so this is an, it's an interesting day. You know, the moon in Taurus, we have this need for comfort. But with the Sun Square and Chiron, there's kind of also this need on Wednesday for healing, for forgiveness. Um, there might be some tough breaking points during the day on Wednesday. Like any kind of Chiron interaction can both be like, cathartic <laughs> or healing, but it can also be, you know, it can be prickly. It can be touchy. It could be bringing up things that you didn't necessarily want, um, to think about. Um, it can also just be kind of the, the grief that comes after putting something out into the world that you were really excited about. Um, but yeah, that's going to be something to kind of sit with on Wednesday. Um, 8.30 a.m., 8.30 a.m., the moon is sextiling the sun. 12.41 p.m., the moon is conjunct Uranus. And then 9.23 p.m., the moon is square Venus. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting day. It's kind of a mixed bag. I feel like with that moon conjunct Uranus, especially in the middle of the day, there's maybe a sense of um, something unexpected, something that's changing, some kind of upheaval. But with the moon also connecting with the sun and with Venus, um, I don't know. There's this sense of of sort of putting the pieces together um, in a way that might not be so easy emotionally, but is going to help move things forward. Um, and then 10.59 p.m., we have the moon sextile Neptune. So the moon basically goes void in the evening after about 9.23 p.m. Eastern, and is only going to be connecting with Neptune and then Pluto at 12, 10 a.m. overnight. So there's a little bit more of a spacey, um, dreamy vibe at the end of the day on Wednesday. Definitely a day to just plan to kind of zone out, watch TV, do something easy. I think there's going to be a lot to process at the end of the day on Wednesday. Um, Thursday the 13th. Um, so we start the day, the moon is pretty void. 12, 10 a.m., the moon is trining Pluto. And then 3.25 a.m., the moon enters Gemini. Um, and at 6.51 a.m., the moon is squaring Mars. 12.39 p.m., the moon is sextiling Mercury. 
um, and 4.05 p.m., the moon is squaring Saturn. And in between all that, the moon is also entering her balsamic phase. So Thursday is the day when things are really going to slow down. Um, when the moon goes into her balsamic phase, we're in the really dark phase of the moon. Energy is low. People are slow. <laughs> Um, emails are not getting responded to texts are not getting responded to like things are just quiet. Um, and with the moon basically spending the whole day stuck between a square with Mars and a square with Saturn, I think Thursday is kind of the toughest day of the week. Um, it's not like a fun day. It could be a very productive day, especially with the moon, approaching the square to Saturn all day. Um, but it's definitely kind of a like, put, put your head down, do some cleaning, do some tidying, do that Mars and Virgo organizing, um, make some lists, make some plans. You'll feel good if you put your energy into something on Thursday. Um, I would definitely like if so if there's like a bunch of things you've been putting off Thursday is a great day to just do them to sit down and like do the emails or send the thank you notes or do the laundry um, with harsh kind of Mars and Saturn aspects. I really think that like having a plan or having an assignment is the best way to move forward. Um, next, we're, we're we have Friday, July 14th. Um, Bastille Day, um, lots of French coming up for me this week, I guess, uh, not for me, for everyone, but, uh, we have the moon in Gemini, um, 3.36 PM, we have the moon sextile Chiron. That's the only moon aspect the whole day. Um, so the moon, the moon is kind of not like voidy on on Friday a little voidy but she's in Gemini she's chatty she's active but it's definitely a day where there's maybe not gonna be a lot of movement a lot of action there might be a lot of thoughts a lot of conversations um but it's definitely like a less kind of productive day we're starting to really feel the slowness of this balsamic phase um, but 7.02 p.m. on Friday, we also have the sun sextile Uranus, um, which is a great kind of aspect for insight and for creativity um, and for making progress on a change that you want to make. And this might relate back to something that was happening around May 9th, which was when the sun and Uranus were conjunct. Um yeah, so it, it, something that was maybe like, oh, this is an insight, a big idea, a big change that was happening back in May. You're now seeing like, oh, this is how I am moving forward or can move forward with that. And any kind of like, it's a sextile, so it's a soft aspect. It's something you have to lean into. The information may not be so obvious, but there's a sense with this of like, um, you're, you're leaning into it and there might be a feeling of like, oh, have I made a lot of progress? Um, you might be questioning it, but the point is that it's revealing that you have, <laughs> even if it feels like 
um, something very small, but, and if it does inspire you to kind of move forward with something like that's amazing, but also remember it's the dark phase of the moon. Things are slow. Things are not going to pick up again, you know, until a week or two weeks as far as like the momentum. Um, then we have Saturday, the 15th, the moon is still in Gemini, um, at 8.27 a.m., we have the moon sextile Venus. Great, cute aspect <laughs> to start off the day. Um, 8.35 a.m., the moon squares Neptune. But pretty much that whole morning after the moon sextiles Venus, the moon is void of course until 1.13 p.m. Eastern. The moon is void of course. Its last aspect is squaring Neptune. Saturday morning is extremely sleepy. Like... This is like a definitely <laughs> sleep in Saturday. Take it very slow. Um, if you're over in Europe, this is happening more in like the middle of the day for you. It's like a sleepy, slow afternoon. Um, and at 1.13 p.m., we have the moon entering Cancer um, and spending the rest of the day forming a sextile to Mars, which goes exact at 7.48 p.m., so things might start feeling like they're picking up when the moon enters cancer. Um, but it's still, you know, we're in the, we're going to have the new moon in cancer on Monday, the 17th. So we're really getting the, to the darkest, darkest, darkest part of the lunar cycle. So there is maybe more of a feeling of productivity, but it's a gentle productivity. Um, especially because the next day, Sunday, um, 2.05 a.m. we have the moon trine Saturn. So overnight, Saturday into Sunday, it's like the moon is moving between these soft aspects between Mars and Virgo and Saturn and Pisces. And this might really start bringing up some of that, uh, that scrambling I was describing of like <laughs> Mars opposite Saturn being this tension or this roadblock that immutable signs, we're going to do our best to like navigate our way around or like modulate the situation or like come up with a creative solution. And there might be some of that overnight Saturday into Sunday that through these soft aspects that the moon is bringing up, I think it's going to, as I said, it's, it's like a gentle kind of productivity and a gentle way to work through these ideas. Um, yeah, Sunday the 16th, we have that moon trine Saturn. And then 12.22 p.m., we have the moon sextile Jupiter. And that's the last lunar aspect for that day and for this week. Um, Sunday in general, it's like another kind of generous day. The moon is in Cancer in her home sign. She's about to be in a new moon in Cancer, um, which I'll talk about more on next week's pod. But... That new moon and the new moon in Cancer that we're coming towards is is it's complicated because of all the other stuff that's happening next week. But it's in general a kind of gentle vibe, a sleepier vibe, a like softer new moon vibe. Um, so there, there's like a generosity to it. But this is a sleepy day, very dark, very quiet. Um, it's productive, but again, it's productive in like a tidying way. This is a great farmer's market day, grocery store day, but like doing those things in a very meandering way. <laughs> um, in general, like 
especially once we get to like Wednesday, Thursday this week, do not try to rush things. Take things slow. Um, and Sunday, especially, you know, eat good food, see good friends and get ready for the intensity that's really going to pick up starting next week. Um, yeah, stock up, <laughs> rest, be gentle on yourself. Um, to go over the main aspects of the week. So we have on the 10th, we have Mars entering Virgo and then Mercury opposite Pluto. On the 11th, we have Mercury entering Leo and then squaring the nodes. On the 12th, we have Sun square Chiron. And on the 14th, we have Sun sextile Uranus. Um, I hope this was helpful in planning your week. I love being part of <laughs> your routine and your rituals and all of that. Um, again, please let me know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, and we'll be back next week when things are going to get a lot more intense. All right. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.